365 days of sport. Happy St. David's Day to everyone out there. It is the 365 Days of Sport podcast. Welcome wherever you are in the world. Welcome to my good mate, Rob Bryers. Rob, how the devil are you? Uh, it's um, very, very well. It's fantastic to be here at Narong Studios. Um, I think air conditioning is something that should have been invested upon some time ago by Damn. the landlord, oh. but uh, he's keeping the rent down nice and low, so I'll, I'll take that as, uh, as uh, you know a bit of... Sort of, sort of a, a relationship between the two of us has been growing for some time, which is basically one of neglect. Indeed, so, but um, uh, it's overrated air conditioning. You should know this by now. Well, I, I like the way you're sweating with your forehead there. It's really turning me on. I, can, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I feel like I want to jump you. Oh, actually. it goes without yeah. saying. It goes without mm, saying. Mm. So the week in sports, where a transgender 17-year-old wrestler in Texas won the women's state wrestling title. How did you come across this? Uh, I'm I'm a subscriber to Transgender News. <laughs> yes, wait, well, I, I thought I should, I should have known. Yes. Yeah. So in Texas, as as you probably well know, you mm. can't. If you were born a woman, you can't, and you're, you're a transgender, you can't go to toilet in the men's toilets, even if you've had the op. And conversely, if you're a transgender wrestler, you okay. have to wrestle against the girls. So, oh, oh right, it all yeah. just follows on. So, but hang on a sec, where do they go to the toilet if they can't go to the toilet in their own... They're... Whatever it says so on So sorry, your... if they've still got their bollocks and whatever, and they've yeah. become a woman, yes. can they, they have to still go in the men's? Apparently, you have to go to the toilet, whatever your birth certificate says you are, Okay, that's where you have to go. However, So then when they go in the wrestling, they still wrestle men as well? Well, in this case, it's the other way around. So it's a girl. Well, that's a bit dodgy, the, isn't it? Yeah. Well, she won. Obviously, she has. She's never lost. Okay. <laughs> because that almost considered taking steroids would make you weaker, so you're a bit more. Well, this is like... it, and she's full of testosterone. Mm. It's the Casta Semenya kind of deal, where you know, I'm not familiar with Casta Semenya. The South African. Oh, the hermaphrodite. Yeah, sprinting. that's the one. Yeah, it's yeah, full yeah, of okay. testosterone, but claims she's uh, she's allowed it because she's got X and Y chromosomes. But this, in this case, this girl wants to become a man, taking testosterone, taking. All the enhancement stuff, so mm. uh, yeah, unbeaten, no surprise. Well, congratulations to her. I hope she hope her life pans out and continue. The success continues. Frankly, good yeah, for her. Well, exactly, and mm. um, eventually she'll get to wrestle against the men. I look forward to it. In other news, tennis. Well, you're tennis. You're watching tennis now. I'm you hate wa- tennis. I hate tennis. I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. But Nick Kyrgios and Bernard Tomic embarrass themselves in Mexico today. That's fantastic news. I haven't been watching the news. I didn't catch any of this. The last tennis match I saw was Federer v Nadal, the final. Oh, and there that you was go. Uh, that was a pretty good match. At least you watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Dad got hammered on the couch on uh, Beautiful. a bit of Shivas Regal night. Mm. So Bernard Tomic lost the first set today. Okay. And then decided it was far too hot for him. Too hot? Yeah, it was 27 degrees. <laughs> He's from Queensland. <laughs> he lost the set and he pulled out through heat exhaustion. Maybe he was only going to make 50 grand off the tournament or something and well, wasn't the, cutting the, it. The, the most interesting thing about it is the mm. fact that about two hours later he went and played a doubles match. I see. So we basically tanked it as usual. Well, well done, Bernard. Congratulations. <laughs> well done, mm. Bernard. But mm. um, Kyrgios basically told um, some of the local fans to get f- Okay. Because they were making noise when he was serving. Well, he's, uh, I, mean, I like the way he shoots straight. I mean, he doesn't muck about. <laughs> he doesn't know, mix he his like words, does he? No, yeah, I think he's kind of. I, I was chatting about this at my friend, young uh, Johnny, at work, and he was saying he, he's come. They're such twats, the two of them, yeah. Curious and Tomwich, that, and they've, but they've just stuck to their guns. They're not True. backing down for That's a sec. It. They're not, and yeah. it comes, it goes full circle, and you end up going, "This guy's actually pretty awesome." <laughs> yeah, it goes right round the other way. Well, mm. that's it. So, I mean, like I said, they continue to embarrass themselves, and uh, whether they actually uh, change their ways or not is a different matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see 
the West Indies President's Eleven take on England this week? I heard they almost won. They did almost win, you're right. But mm. the emergence of this six foot six, hundred and forty kilo Rakeem Cornwall is the talking point. Okay. So he's actually a bowler, but he smashed 59 of 61 balls. He's even bigger. Do you remember Dwayne Leverock of Bermuda in the right. World Cup a few years ago? Is he a young lad or what? No, this guy's quite young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dwayne, so, Dwayne who, sorry, in the World Dwayne Cup? Dwayne Leverock. No. Captain of Bermuda. Well, he wasn't captain. David Hemp was captain. But, they, uh, they had their big fat guy, didn't they? Dwayne Leverock. Yeah. Oh, that's him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he took yeah. the slip catch. He did. Yeah, yeah. He okay. was a bowler. I, I, but, I so this him. guy is another 20 kilos heavier than Dwayne Leverock. Really? Now, he's been part of the West Indies performance program mm. the last couple of years. So mm. when he went into the performance program, he was 120 kilos. Right. So after two years, three years of being on this performance program, he's now 140 kilos. Do you think something's but, not working there? Well, I think he's, maybe he's going for um, the Lance Armstrong approach and just, just you know, digging it right in there, just growth hormone left, right, and center. Well, and he's just going to take, run the gauntlet, I eventually mean, get tested, it, and his drugs left, right, and center, and he's going to have a flash-in-the-pan career. I mean... In and out. Well, everyone yeah. remember. Everyone will remember it. Um, everyone remembers Lance Armstrong. Any other sports and drugs news around floating around the planet? Well, sports and drugs news. I like the way you you roll into that fantastic segue, Rob. You're, you're a professional. You are a professional. It's but, in disguise, but it's there. Yeah, but in France, friend of the show and friend of you more than me, obviously. Yeah. Um, Mr. Ali Williams, former All Black, has mm. got into a bit of trouble in France. Well, trouble schmubble. Trouble as trouble. As as it, I mean, there's trouble in terms of, yes, uh, what, what's happened here is he was up with uh, James O'Connor, the uh, delinquent Australian young lad. Ali's taken some cocaine, or he's bought some from a bloke out of a car, uh, about three bags worth, <laughs> and he was sitting there um, lining up at some club, and he's police have run after him and he's tried to throw him on the floor go oh it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really work out they they saw through that whole plan and unfortunately uh, of course uh, former All Black out on the piss who's basically retired has come out of retirement to play yeah. some bullshit season a for a All French Black. club for Racing 92 when yeah. he's 35 years old he's just obviously turned up to get a bit more cash before he has to be a family man and it's global news we all give a monkeys about a rugby player snorting some coke you, you just don't see that every other weekend at some club that you go to with some guy coming out of the toilet like, oh my god <laughs> are you kidding me why do people keep I'm going to keep humping on about this I'm sick and tired of sportsmen being looked upon as these great role models in society they're not the vast majority are unintelligent good people good fun people to have a beer with and maybe have a few lines with who knows <laughs> but definitely not the sort of person that kids should be looking up to at all times saying this is what you need to be like because that's where what's he, what's he up to behind the scenes anyone's guess Girls, women, who could say? But it, Ali's a family man. I'm not, not saying that about Ali at all. Not, not for one <laughs> second. He's a friend of the show. He is a friend yeah, of the yeah, show, yeah. yeah. So that's not what I'm getting at there. What I'm getting at is parents, if you want your kids to have role models, you're the role model. The parent is the role model. You don't, you don't need to say blame because your kid's off on benders being a twat. It's going to be your fault. Teach your children to think for themselves. Even just some common sense, and then you'll be on the right track. Because, uh, frankly, if your kid just sees that an all-black has taken drugs and then goes out and just starts being a twat because he saw that happen, it's just, I'm sorry to have to tell you that your kid is a simpleton moron idiot. So just, just teach him to think for himself and uh, the world will turn out all right. What about taking your friend's wife into a toilet in Auckland Airport? That's an all-black thing, isn't it? That is. And, again, if you just do that because you think uh, old uh, Dick Big Smith is the, is the winner, then um, you've got some things to uh, address. <laughs> Now, here we are, Greatest Sporting Benders, everyone's favourite segment. 
Everyone's uh, favourite segment. This is our second show. It's only two to choose yep. from. Uh, we have some special guests here today. We do. Skydivers, apparently. Skydivers, Skydiver Australia. One of which I've known for a very, very long time. I've known him for about just a, a 20-odd years. He's been an international traveller of sorts, just, um, transporting all, all variety of goods. He then became a policeman. He's been a band manager for my old band. We moved here from Melbourne together. And he is now, of course, as a logical movement in one's life, a skydiving instructor. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dan Tottle from Skydive Australia. Round of applause. Thank Woo! you, thank you. It's good to be here, people. It's lovely to be here amongst this lovely crew. And, uh, and on the side, we have uh, Johnny DeVette, who is uh, another champion instructor of South African origin, hence the DeVette name, isn't it? Isn't it a yeah. lovely sounding name? A very South African, Afrikaans, yeah, yeah. very South African. Do you feel exotic? I do, I do feel exotic. I grew up in Australia, but you know, mm-hmm. I'd still claim the South African heritage. I would I'd claim whatever yeah. you can. Well, welcome to the show, boys. It's lovely to have you in. Did you bring any biltong for Johnny? Any what? Biltong. I don't know what that That's is. A South Africa's national yeah, dish. Oh, okay. It's delicious. Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's in, the, so. in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the freezer. <laughs> He's got a frozen. Clearly, gaz- has no idea what biltong is. He's got a frozen gazelle in the freezer. <laughs> we're just going to kind of dry it out properly for yeah, a bit yeah. of biltongs. Yes. Should you know. we just? We should probably just briefly explain what we're talking yeah, about. Great here because man, we're, we're, we talked about uh, back in the old days. We used to love sportsmen that. In the 70s, 60s, whatever, they used to be able to get out and get amongst it and behave like absolute twats, and they could still perform at a higher level. For example, James Hunt, uh, the great Formula 1 driver of the 1970s, huge bender. He would have he a couple of, couple of lines, and then he'd have a couple of champers, and then he'd go out on the track and win the race. You know, that's fantastic stuff. And we want to see a return of this sort of atmosphere. We don't want to see stupid stories about a former all-black who's 35 years old in Paris... <laughs> Doing a couple of rails, you know. That's not that's not news. It's, it's just life goes on. All right. You've got the technical terms there, Rob, as mm-hmm. well. I'm a bit worried. So anyway, uh, Beefy's here to tell us about uh, someone quite familiar to Australia, is he? Yeah, Grant Hackett. He was a swimmer, mm-hmm. won Olympic gold medals. He's had a few runnings. He got drunk, tweaked somebody's nipple on a plane because mm-hmm. he was upset with them. So he's, he's got a, he's got a history. He ran around the casino naked or something, yeah. didn't he? Smashed up his wife's apartment, you know. It's and time all for a sorts. pause. He's not even. He, he came back for the Olympics, didn't he? But he uh, tried, during that yeah. time, he. Was Predominantly, a uh, predominantly on the news, the sports news. Yeah, that's right. That's what he tried to do. He tried was to pretty good at it. I thought very big feet, Grant huge Hackett. feet, Grant Hackett. Yes, yeah. certainly. So um, basically, the last couple of weeks, he's got arrested for uh, getting on, having a bender. Mm-hmm. So, and this uh, the newspaper reports that when he got arrested, uh, Hackett posted a photo of his bruised, battered face, saying, "My brother comments to the media, but does anyone know he beat the shit out of me? Everyone knows he's an angry man." So the injuries were reportedly sustained last month when Hackett's brother Craig and mother Margaret went to his home for an intervention. After Grant became angry, Craig is alleged to have retaliated, hitting his brother. Hackett went to hospital for a treatment of a bruised eye and jaw fractures, friends say. Now this is the belt a bit. He was in the middle of one of his benders. That's the word we love to use. Mm-hmm. A friend said, it got heated pretty quickly. Grant told them to leave the property. They exchanged words and Grant apparently charged at Craig and Craig punched him in the face. Grant was running towards him, and that's why the impact was so bad. He ran into the punch, is that what yeah, they're saying? Yeah, he did. He ran into his fist. He headbutted the fist. <laughs> yes, that's mm. it. That, that sounds like he's at fault there, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's charging uh, right in. Yeah, he's just running with, with, with I gay think, abandon. I, I, that's brotherly love, really, isn't it? I mean, I've got two older brothers, and um, they once, uh, my oldest brother knocked out my... Uh, 
brother close to me in age, Matthew, with one single punch, and he, his nose bled profusely. He nice. sort of went to the hospital, and he, well, they're fine. You know, everything's move on. Boys hit each other. That's what happens. Mm. That's Indeed. It. Was, was Alcohol was definitely involved, too. Matt was on a bender? Well, he was. He came back from a fairly large <laughs> night, and he was very persistent in playing uh, U2's Bad on uh, the Rattle and Hum DVD over and over and over, really loud. My brother was trying to sleep, and he finally got fed up, and uh, Matt took the first swing, and Patrick said, that's not happening. He's six foot five and very strong, and one punch, it was all one over. One punch. That's all it took. Glass jaw Matt, they call mm. him. What, what are the, what, how, does the, how do the benders work out in the skydiving uh, industry, guys? Obviously, there's got to be some technical restraints. You can't really just quite what people won't think that you're probably just sitting out in the tarmac and you'd have a few shots of tequila before, and a couple of, you know, a bit of a smoke of a joint before you jump out of the plane. There's probably some regulations against that, I would imagine. You probably can't do that despite whatever inclination you might have. I recall Danny tying up at Nagambi during the downtime used to say that you guys used to have a few and like to get out on the tractor. Is that right? Well, the the classic saying is that uh, that skydiving is a drinking club where skydiving gets in the way. To, to be a little bit more realistic, there there is a, there's what they call the, the eight-hour bottle to throttle rule right so it's a very loose sort of like uh term interpretation it's well it is interpreted loosely as well so what they say is that basically if you want to drink till midnight then you're not allowed to jump out of a plane till eight in the morning i'm sure the civil aviation safety authority would have something else to say about that but that's the the rule that uh, Mm. that is generally that'd be a tough one to mind do you have you'd almost need a representative of the of the club sort of following you around like minding what you're up to kind of thing is that would that be no you just sort of you're seen as responsible skydiving structures well, I guess the issue is when the representative of the, of the club is the drunkest one there. Ah, <laughs> you know. I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making all the decisions. Yeah. Mm. So, hey, uh, but, uh, but overall, it's, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun with skydiving. Yeah. The jumping out of planes thing, we're talking about benders here. Yes. We get bent a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, all sorts of different types of bending too. So. <laughs> What about, because you guys do a lot of tandem stuff, what about if you're, I'm going to call it a passenger, what if they're out of it? You know, do you turn a blind eye because they're just going to jump out of a plane anyway? Well, they sign a waiver. Yes, good. (laughs) We love waivers. It's one of those don't ask, don't tell policies. We're, We're basically like the American military. Yeah. If we don't know, then yeah. we can't assume. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's just sort of a one-liner saying, whatever happens, this isn't our fault. Sign here. Pretty that's much. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the 18-page waiver that's signed. It should be just down to that, I feel. But uh, <laughs> every now and then you get someone rock up that is uh, is slightly more inebriated than they should be. They're a little bit excited about maybe going for a skydive. Mm-hmm. Um, carried that on over the weekend, mm. throughout the night, perhaps. Mm. But yeah, more often than not, most people that rock up are more excited about the actual event themselves than getting shit-faced beforehand. Nothing tastes sweeter than a beer after a skydive, oh, though. So, nice. Uh, Johnny, Danny's told me that, like, uh, and you do obviously get all variety of different passengers for your tandems and stuff. He likes to try and the guys that have a lot of bravado and are talking up a big game, like, it's their first jump and they're saying, yeah, I want to do this, I want to do that, and they try to be the men. He's the ones that he likes to sort of just chucking a few cheeky flips when he first jumps out of the plane to sort of freak him out. Is that sort of the, yeah. the same sort of thing? Mate, it's, it's a funny thing, you know. You you see these, most of the time, the, scared, the, the people that are most scared are the alpha males, mm-hmm. okay? They're all the bravado on the ground, the chicks are around, you know, they're talking, the chest is out, but the moment that door opens, those are the mm-hmm. guys that really shit themselves. <laughs> and one of the funniest stories I think I've come across, there was a group of five, four girls, and this um, kind of Greek... Uh, you know, guy with um, all the providers. He was telling us how to brief the girls and telling us what to do, showing us how to skydive. You know, he'd seen a YouTube video or two. Mm-hmm. You know, where we got back in the plane 
All the girls jumped. He panicked and we had to take him back down in the oh, aircraft. What? Yeah, and the walk of shame, boy. We landed. He's out the plane walking back to the hangar and all the girls have just jumped, you know. Yeah, yeah. Never seen anything like it. But it's definitely, you know, for me, it's the... When you get to the door... All the layers peel away like an mm. onion, you know, and you mm. see what's really there. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, well, Danny, many, many, on many occasions, uh, we're out late, and it's, it's no way it's, in, uh, it's crossing over that eight-hour rule. Not even close, definitely not. It's oh, I'm sure, yeah, not, not with Danny uh, here. And, no, and, um, <laughs> definitely not. And it, it's always at about three in the morning when we've been having a fair few. I don't and, start and, work and, until <laughs> midday. Yeah, 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 yeah midday, 12 o'clock right. starts. It's funny, I've and, never seen um, that. Generally, the time when I'm kind of weak, so I still not, not jumped out of the plane. And that's just when he almost gets me to do it every time. It's <laughs> just like, I'm almost right there. He quotes me all these stats. He said there's only, in the last year, there was 12 million jumps, five fatalities, three with the skydive instructor's fault. Quite through all this <laughs> yeah. stuff, just trying to get me over, and it's pretty, pretty slim odds of things going wrong there. Yeah, look, I think tandem jumping is probably one of the safer things you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I mean, we we get out; it's very routine for us. It's when you start doing all the sports skydiving. You know, to yeah. me, it's the difference between getting on a bus, like doing a tandem skydive, or you know, driving a Porsche when you're sports skydiving and doing all the carving and head down and crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, as a passenger, you know. Get on it. It's great. Robbie, I can't believe you haven't done it. I think we should do a show. You should do a bit for you. We should go and do our show from Skydive Australia. So I'll just film you jumping out of the plane? Is that the idea? Oh, you're going to film me jumping out of the plane? Yeah, I'll get a really super extension lens and I'll be able to focus on you jumping out of the plane while you do it. I remember us trying to film skydiving in Dubai. Well, this was the whole thing because we had the nationals up at a, a place over Johnny and I worked up at Nagambi. I was setting the whole event up and I, I said to Rob, we've, we've got the nationals up here. You know, we've got the best in the country coming yeah, along. Yeah. This is a great opportunity for the 365 day show. Come along and get amongst it. He ignored me. <laughs> and I was like, well, right. Okay. I guess everyone's not into skydiving as much as I am. And um, over a few drinks a few months later, I was like, well, why wouldn't you come and do this? And he was like, well, I was shit scared you are going to make me jump out of a plane, you prick. <laughs> and so this is all it comes down to. Well, so if we, if we get a sponsor to put up some cash, proper cash, we should, uh, we should probably both do it. Well, and I get paid directly in my own pocket to do it? Probably, yeah. See, now, now we're talking. Ah, see? See, yeah. see I remember you, uh, when, when we tried to get you to joust with Charlie. Yeah, Charlie Andrews. He was I said, 15 I'd do, grand. I'd do one time. Yeah. One, one joust, one 15 pass, grand, 15, yeah. 15 grand. And I said, also, that's based on pauper rates. So that's like, basically, right now, I have no money. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you and me both, fella. You and me both. I dive. What would I do it for? $15. Probably a grand. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, a thousand dollars for Rob Bryant. You will watch a grown man cry. That's he can right. play this is something that they pay for. Bass in front of fifteen thousand people for free. It probably cost them money. Thousand dollars. You heard it. You heard it here first. We're going to start a GoFundMe campaign. There will be a link at this show. All right. So you're paying me to jump out of the plane. Well, we're going to get you to jump out of the plane first. You'll, you'll be able to check the eight-hour rule, Rob, because yeah. you'll be with him yeah, three the hours night before. before. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That reminds me. There was, a, there was a band over from the States called The Internet. So I got to hang out with these guys and we were having a few drinks. I said to, to everyone in the band, is there anyone interested in going for a skydive tomorrow? And one of the boys stuck his hand up. The rest of them were running for the hills. He was like, right, let's go. So him and I partied on for a, for a few hours. And then uh, after the eight hour rule, we, we, we met up in the morning and went for a skydive. He had a hell of a good time. Hell of a good time. Sure he did. Jamil Bruner. 
He made a song about it. He wrote oh, a song about it called Molly at the Airport. Funs is Molly in love. <laughs> <laughs> Molly was an old girlfriend of his, I guess. There. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> okay. Rob, what have you got in your... Oh, yeah, just so uh, we're getting off track here. Yeah, we are. Know, oh, it's just fantastic chat. I love it. About, we've got to back, back to great sporting vendors. I'm going to um, yeah. have a quick chat. Uh, well, I'm basically just going to read stuff I printed off the internet about a certain guy who's very, very famous, a guy named Andre the Giant. Now, the drinking this man has Used to live achieved, in Paris. He spent a lot of time in the States, obviously, with this WWF. But some of the boozing this man has done is, is not of this world. So here's some of the titles of these brief uh, blurbs. Andre cleared a plane's entire stock of vodka during a flight to Japan. <laughs> this is from Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair? I was with him one night at the downtowner in Charlotte. In 1975, he drank 106 beers. <laughs> and Frank Valois, his manager at the time, drank 56. Hey, I've been on a plane. On a 747 with him going to Tokyo out of Chicago. We drank every bottle of vodka on the plane. Crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. What is he, like nine foot three? Oh, at least. Especially yeah. when he got off the plane. Here we go. This is from Hulk Hogan. I get a call. Hey, boss. I'm at the Tampa airport. I got a one-hour layover. I was like, okay. It's 15 minutes or so from my mom's house. So I drive over to the airport and I meet him at the Delta Crown Lounge. By the time we sat down, we had about 45 minutes before he had to walk to the, walk to the next gate. He drank 108 12-ounce beers. In an hour. In, an in hour. 45 minutes, <laughs> he drank 108 beers. What's a 12-ounce beer worth? Well, Is that like, a, be so like, like a, a pot? It's like shot glasses for her, but 108 shots of beer in 45 minutes That's is a lot still, still pretty impressive. Good going, isn't he? Andre responds to the last call by ordering, ordering 40 drinks. <laughs> Andre pounded two cases of beer in an hour-long car ride. He knocked off two slabs in an hour, just so driving in the back of the car. the secret to being massive, drinking heaps. Well, I yeah. think he was already, obviously, fairly oh, large. Oh, huge, yeah. But I tell you, what, last Sunday night, I was sitting here, and I'd been working, got a bit of work done during the day, but cracked a few beers. I was feeling a bit guilty because I wasn't supposed to be drinking. And I was sitting there having my sixth beer uh, over seven hours or something, feeling like, oh, that's a very poor effort. Then I read about this guy. And it put everything in perspective. And I said, actually, you know, I'm, I'm doing all doing right. All right. Yeah. I'm not sure that you can use that as doing all right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's lines in the sound, definitely. <laughs> well, I think that's a good chat about our great sporting benders. Fantastic, we love that. We'll, we'll, uh, to, we'll uh, keep going with great sporting benders because there's so many oh, great stories so many from stories. sportsmen just getting on it. All right, everyone, it's worst song in the world time. So he played the first song that came to his head It just so happened to be It was the worst song in the world It was the worst song in the world Listen to the song and it's clear a mark Because the words don't fit and the song is shit You're a talentless tit You suck! I love that, Rob. Right. Great work. Brilliant, thank Great you very work. much. Yeah, that's what Rob did on a Friday night in. Just uh, creating genius. <laughs> How many beers in was that? Only two. Only two. Yeah, Fair yeah, enough. yeah. About about the same as now, actually. Now, so obviously, what we've got here is a, a brand new segment. Uh, yes. It's called "Worst Song in the World." Now, people sports, often say sports that related, though. Sports related. Well, people often say that music and politics don't mix, and people will say that sport and politics don't mix. I'm here to make a case that often music and sport don't mix either. So, what I've got here is some of some attempts by musicians, artists, to try and make a coalition with sport and they've fallen well short of the mark and produce something fairly disastrous. Yeah. 
Well, when you when you asked me about this, mm. I straight away immediately thought of Reading Football Club that put out this song that was written for them by like their co-chairwoman who thinks as oh she's obviously uh, thinks herself as a bit of a diva and a bit of a mm. songwriter. She is actually involved in the performance. Is that what you're saying? Or she, she's she she's actually the, sort of the producer. She wrote the song. She wrote the song. Yeah, the lyrics. Yeah. She wrote okay. the lyrics. Should we hear the song? I think we should. We'll it's called... Um, so this is the Reading Football Club. Reading Football just Club. Just a, a fan-inspiring type of song. Basically. Okay. It's like a psychedelic mix. Yeah, it kind of is. Oh, here it goes. Oh, the dance music kicks in. Yeah. I'm concerned that Johnny Tepping is good. He likes it. Are you feeling the, the reading vibe? This sucks. <laughs> This is horrendous. So they've basically done a... They've, they've come up with a song that is basically, do you ever know You're My Hero? But yeah, they've changed and they've the kind words. of changed it and everything else. So, um, yeah, so it was given as a gift by this lady. A gift? A gift, yes. Like, it's a like gift. herpes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have this. <laughs> I'm not coming to your birthday. Um, How was it received by the fans? Yeah, no, they hated it. They absolutely hated consensus? it. I've got I'm some gonna, stuff. I'm going to rebut here. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I actually well, do. It's got a little bit yeah. of electronica. Yeah, it's got beautiful. Everything. It's a good thing. So, what, uh, what, are the, what are the lyrics there? Okay. The devil's advocate. We're just going to go through the lyrics. So basically, can you sing the lyrics as you do it? Or uh, I don't know about singing it. It's bad enough listening to it, let alone yeah. me singing it. So it's called "We Are the Royals" because that's sure. their nickname. We started when all the odds defied us. Through passion and dreams, we reached new heights. We were marching proudly from Elm Park into the stadium. We forced our rivals to make way. It's very poetic. Well, it's so, actually quite nice lyrics, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It was just teamed with some shitty dance track. Yeah. <laughs> but could they not have just come up with their own tune rather than just going over the top of Did You Ever Know You My well, Hero by Bette Midler? <laughs> I mean, why? I, I reckon, we're, you know where we're going with this song? Midler. Yeah, Midler. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Now we're here and we're strong. We're going to bring it on. Can you hear when we shout, come on? It it rhymes. Really, it, that's about all it does. And so the, this is the chorus. We will fight till the end. They call us the Royals. With our might, we'll defend. Rhyming, love it. The glory of Reading. <laughs> I've been to Reading. Reading. I've been to Reading a number of times. Reading. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the it's one export. The glory of Reading. <laughs> Like the kings of our land, they call us the royals. Let us sing, every man. We stand by the royals. So, um, and there's a there's a rap section in it later on as well. So they through that Good. beefy, they, through that. <laughs> they're covering all genres in one midler. Electronica, Psychedelica mm. and a bit of rap okay. How we love the thrill of a good game How we like the smell of the fame Doesn't matter if we learn or win Unstoppably be burned within Getting ready to shed our sweat Everybody get ready and set Let's celebrate tonight Our blood is blue, our wings are white There you go And there's a there chant there's a, there's a crowd chant there's as well There's a chant as well Oh yeah Bye. 
And then that, that's the whole chant. Just that's blue and chant. white, blue and I white. Think it's they just bit... said blue and white many yeah, times. Yeah. So there's some of the tweets. WTF have I just watched Reading FC? Thanks for making me laugh. What an unbelievable song. Um, everybody associated with, associated with Reading FC should be ashamed of it. It's just tragic. The rap bit in the Reading FC song is the this, greatest Johnny? thing I've ever heard. The Reading song is either an incredibly good piece of advertising or a self-obsessed wannabe celeb owner showing us who runs the club. I think Horrific. Yes. They don't know that's done by uh, the secretary, it, right? Yeah. John, are you sure you still like this? After yeah. the, that's, that's a fair pasting. That, that that's, I've just given it an absolute bollocking, that song. So and you're standing up for it. Right? You're the first minority. I, I am going to stand up for it, okay? It's different to what's out there. I'm in, into what's different. As, as a skydiver, okay? <laughs> he doesn't you know run the general football kind of angle. I, I don't mind it. I, I love... I, <laughs> that's all he's got to say. I don't, I don't mind it. As, as a what, disclaimer what for all skydivers, <laughs> that have music taste. Jonathan DeVette is not the spokesperson for this. Um, Dan Whiting, who's at the middle stump as a cricket commentator, Stand By the Royals for Reading FC is quite possibly the worst sports song ever. It makes Here We Go by Everton look like a masterpiece. We have to look the Everton <laughs> okay, song well, up. That's the next one. It's going up next. So, and I think the final, the final piece is uh, James Kemble on credit. He says, Who at Reading FC actually thought this song was A, any good, and B, a good idea to do it in the first place. <laughs> so that kind of sums that up. Well, I've got a I've got a song here which also should just not really have been. Uh, you know, I don't think the Florida Marlins president of the uh, football club, sorry, but uh, baseball, baseball club yeah. rather, really thought this one through. Um, so this is uh, we are, we've actually made contact with the president of Miami Marlins in the you, past, right? Dave he, Sampson, he's, he's called. Okay. So uh, we should get his uh, get his view on this. Well, I tell you what, he's got. He must have received a fair pasting because he very foolishly hired a band by the name of Creed. Well, actually, I don't think it was Creed. I think it was just Scott Stapp, the singer. Oh, on his okay, own. just the main man. Creed is an interesting band. It's not dissimilar to the Bernard Tomich sort of uh, Nick Curious type of vibe, where it came out and is atrocious, and you go, "What is wrong with these people? This is the worst music in the world. This is the biggest twat in the world." But he's just. Stuck with it, and, and he he got like uh you know he got done for he got started he had a sex video I think and he was oh, on he? he got on the gear and got on drugs and blew out went to jail I think of it or rehab oh, at least yeah and he came back and he was still sticking with it so this is Scott Stapp uh in um uh, he's got together with the Florida Marlins to create the song to try and spur on the fans and and get them excited it's called Marlins Will Soar. Really? Which is, which is kind of ironic, really. For isn't a secret. Is that irony? I'm not sure, but. Pre build up. Nice. Building up. Bit of atmosphere. Again, I'm already liking it. We want strikeouts, beast hits, double plays. Take the field, hear the roar of the crowd. Bit of bass work there. Any better? Was he guessing on uh, that? This is great. Real song! I'm with you, Johnny. I'm up for this. This is horrendous. This is horrendous. And now Jack Game a stolen base. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, you know, it's, it's, it's baseball. 
Yeah. It's not time to get deep, and and it's not time to like think about. He's a very deep character, it's, it's though, like isn't he? It's like he's on a clifftop again yeah. with one of his horrible videos with comets landing around him. Yeah, and he's just going, "Here, I'm gonna play ball. <laughs> Take me out to the ball game. Swing, bada bada bada, swing." But yeah. I think I think the the clue is in the title is not going to be any good because as Danny touched on, Marlins that saw, I mean they jump out of the water every now and again, but that's about it. They're not going to fly. Are they? I mean, well, mostly when they're going to hook in their mouth. Yeah, generally, yeah. It's not pathetic. It's just it's just horrendous. Uh, I, I mean, this is, but at the same time, I do applaud the fact that he's stuck with it. You know, is he is he just? I wonder if they're still playing it. He's he's uh, just a horrendous person, really. So. Nice. I, I've shown a lot of people recently. There's a back in the day. I'm showing my age now, but uh, there used to be an MTV thing, which was uh, like a claymation thing, where it was uh, wrestling essentially. <laughs> claymation oh, wrestling. Oh, it was just him versus. Eddie it was Vedder. him versus Eddie Vedder, mm. and oh. one of the greatest things when I was growing up. Eddie Vedder saying, you stole my voice. <laughs> and Scott Stapp coming back, well, you stole my voice too. And then they had a massive fight. And, he, and I think Eddie Vedder won the fight by cutting his throat out with some barbed wire or something. <laughs> yeah. And MTV killed it with that. It was fantastic. Yeah. But I, t- I do take offense to the, including Eddie Vedder in the same, even on the same platform as the Scott Stapp. Because uh, he did a bit in his early days, Eddie Vedder, with like the 10 album stuff. He was doing a bit of her. But he actually just sounds like that when he talks. He does, and 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 that's so. When he sings, he actually tries not to do the her these days. <laughs> right. I'm actually He's quite proud it. that I've never actually listened to Scott Stapp speak. <laughs> so I have no idea what he's it's, talking it's, like. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, like Arab Scott Stapp. You don't want to hear one word out of his mouth. I guarantee you. But yeah. go Marlins, yeah, and go Jesus, Scott oh. Stapp. Yeah, you All had right. to bring Jesus into it, didn't you, Rob? <laughs> Just had to bring Jesus in. Well, that's worst song in the world. <laughs> Take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. Righto, so here we are, the facts of life. We've got a, uh, a theme for today's facts of life, sporting facts. The theme is something old, something new, something borrowed, something askew. Is that correct, Beefy? Is that what you According to your notes, yes. Okay. I didn't quite get that far. So um, we're here to discuss old just... sports, odd sporting facts. Yeah. I kind um, of just jumped in. It's Shrove, it was Shrove Tuesday yesterday. Oh, Shrove Tuesday, which is what? Pancake Day. Yeah, it is. Pancake Day. Okay. The celebrations of all things non-perishable. Well, that's it. it pan- Shrove Tuesday is the, f- the last day before Lent, and obviously you meant to give stuff up for Lent. So people did things on Shrove Tuesday trying to get rid of stuff so they okay. could uh, you know, get out of the way. So if they were giving up eggs and mm. pancakes, they'd just eat them all. But the best one is... Um, there's a pipe smoking contest on Shrove Tuesday where they were trying to use up all their tobacco, <laughs> so they're giving up smoking for Lent. So they have this smoke, pipe smoking contest. It's uh, yeah, they, they try and keep it going for as long as possible. So I think the record is about an hour fifteen or something. That's Continuous. a solid effort. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. like uh, taking on copious amounts of nicotine in order to give up. Yes, nicotine. indeed. Nothing's going to cure the addiction by more of the stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Shrove Tuesday is famous for Royal Shrovetide Football, hence the name. Now, we did see, we saw bottle kicking, didn't we, in uh, Derbyshire? We did. We, we missed the Shrove Tuesday because we missed, we missed this the, one. Which was the, was that the that whole was the Vegas, after Spirit Super Bowl, Airlines, the whole yeah. Vegas yep, thing? Yep, Spirit Airlines and, stuffed us up. Yeah, and we spent um, a night in Detroit or something. 
So it's a mass football game where mm. basically the pitch is three miles long. Mm. If you're born one side of the river, you play for the uppies. If you're born the other side of the river, you play for the downies. Mm. And the, the idea, downies. yeah, or the downards or whatever they're called. <laughs> so Sorry, they throw this ball up and you basically ruck it and wrestle it. But there is some great rules here. Mm. These are the official rules. Rule number one: committing murder or manslaughter is prohibited okay. <laughs> keep that in mind keep that in mind yeah, unlike yeah. skydiving yeah don't kill people <laughs> it's frowned upon and well funnily fun enough you say that unnecessary violence is frowned upon in this game mm. um, the ball may not be carried in a motorised vehicle may not so okay. if, you, if you break away yeah. you can't chuck it in the so car so push bikes are okay then yeah it's yeah, around yeah, the yeah. Uh, just getting not around motorised it's, it's interesting to note that They've had to write this rule in because at some stage it's happened yeah. to stop it. You basically it's, it's think like about it. It's like every shitty laminated thing on a wall, right? Yeah, that says true. something stupid. Yeah, Alton For every it. stupid laminated sign, there's been something yeah, in here that's talking That's right. <laughs> so the ball may not be hidden in a bag, coat, or rucksack, mm-hmm. etc., it says. So it's obviously happened before. Cemeteries, churchyards, and the town memorial gardens are strictly out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. They've, they've run over graves and things like that and broken stuff. <laughs> okay. This is the most important one. Playing after 10 p.m. is forbidden because, what? well, the pub shut at 11. That's not like the Haxi Hood thing. No. Where... So the pub shut at 11, so they make oh, sure. they have an hour's drinking. session. Yeah. That's good thinking. See? Yeah. That's very considerate. See, you, I think. you thought, oh, what's going on there? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I thought they're being soft. They're actually being, they're very intelligent. Yeah. Mm. The Haxi so, Hood thing was legendary. Haxi Hood is mm. my favorite day of the year. And to score a goal, the ball must be tapped three times in the air of the goal. Now, the goals are millstones that they have at each end of the village. Um, there is a river that runs through Ashbourne as well. Okay. It has been known for all the play to be played in the river. So it's of standing depth, this river. Yeah, they're in the, it's a brook. So in terms of that, yeah, they're the rules. That's it. So we've seen Hexia, we saw bottle kicking. It is a massive just ruck yeah. that kind of inches, you know, one way or the other. How many people are involved in this? Probably about 400. 400? So 200 aside, I would imagine, that mm. uh, kind of rolls through. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, well, you know, it's the the uh, the Haxley Hood arrangement that we saw. That was that was the, four the pubs. Itself, that yeah. was four pubs. So when you get that people that amount of people together in mass, it's it's pretty scary, actually. Oh, it is. And they make a point in Ashbourne that uh, they board up shop windows and pub windows and everything, and they move cars out. So the it's way. a riot. It's a, it's a, a controlled riot. A controlled riot. That's well, it. Well, we've got some rules: no death, no yeah, murder. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah, kill yeah, people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, well, no. That's, that's cool. And a river. It so it doesn't mention about drowning. I guess guns and knives we covered no, in no. no murder or manslaughter. Yeah. So that's sort of... That's or a, unnecessary violence. Facially wounded. Un- <laughs> umbrella it. idea, isn't it? Hard now, the other thing is, if you score you're a goal... Weak. You're if weak. You, if you score a goal before 5.30, they will, they're they going to start again. They, they throw it up again. But if you score after 5.30, pub. So they're encouraging oh, it to go pretty, on for a longer period. Well, well... No, not no. They're sort of they're on the fence, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're, they're kind, kind of, of like okay, we actually want to go to the pub, but we feel <laughs> like we should make an effort. But they actually play over two days in this one, whereas Hexy Hood is an all day it's kind of affair a, sometimes. But uh, like and this hours. is the other thing is it is approved by the royal family. This mm-hmm. game, okay. Henry the Seventh, I think, approved this. Mm-hmm. It sounds a little bit like skydiving. We want to go to the pub, but we're going to put in a little. You got to just yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the way that should be. You know, you know, you, you do your work. 
you do something decent and then you can be a twat you know go to the pub and talk about how awesome you were and that thing that you've been going to the pub for well that's great I think uh, I think uh, that's been some great facts of life yeah from, uh, the that's it man. facts of life yeah yeah shall we get some facts of life from the skydiving people I'd like to get some more facts yeah. of life from the skydiving people have you had some Klingons here. like guys women especially women because they love the skydiving types no they just well, no they don't this is a big myth actually oh really it's a massive myth when I started skydiving, much like when I started band management, I thought that uh, <laughs> it would b- come flowing. But uh, it turns out that you're at the lower end of the pecking order. They like the idea of it, but uh, once you start doing it, they're like, are you going to come home? Yeah, and, go, and well, it becomes a problem. Well, Whereas yeah. That's um, not that big of an ask, are you going to come home? Well, you know, no. I, mean, I think that's sort of pretty well, I'm clear. hoping so. Well, we're, we're away every weekend. You know? We jump every weekend. And I think the moment the girls realise we're never around, it's mm. all over. You know? right. well, our, our time off, God basically, is like Mondays, Tuesdays. Well, yeah. and, and we work weekends a lot, so we're not coming home. <laughs> so Mondays, Mondays, it's like hospitality. Monday's your weekend. Absolutely. So, so, when does, so, so your bender time has got to be your days off, really, which is going to be your midweeker. Yeah. So that's when you go out and you get like strange people. You know, <laughs> you know, when you go out during the middle of the week and you get odd people that do different stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, and so you. That's us you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, but those you'll meet similar types, similar similar idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes Pe- for a much other more people that do random Small. stuff. We well, can talk about Tony's bucks party, right? One of our <laughs> colleagues, our esteemed colleagues, Tony Keller, has just got married. We went to Tony his bucks Lowe. party, yeah, um, recently. But it was like a Monday night or something. I think it was Monday night. <laughs> You know who who has a bucks party on a Monday <laughs> night, and there are the good things. The good thing is when early in the night you get in everywhere, but you're focused on the moment they realise you're incredibly intoxicated. Well, by the time you're peaking at nine thirty <laughs> on a Monday, right. no one wants you in their establishment by eleven. <laughs> Go to the botanical gardens, they say. <laughs> Well, you're not one of these park party types, are you? You know, party well, in the park. We've had to be, Rob, because it's... of our timetable. <laughs> now, I want to know about, back to skydiving again. Whoa. Because this is Whoa. a sports show. It is first. a sports show, yeah. Sport show. Uh, when you jump out of that plane and you're looking after an amateur in a tandem and you get some Muppet who has paid no attention to the instructions, has no idea what's going on, and, and they're kicking you in the balls. How hard is it not to just punch them? Welcome to my week. Yeah, I, was, I was about to say, this is perfect for Daniel over here because he has had a fortnight of this. We, Every passenger. We do about 50 jumps a, a fortnight. I was saying today that I've had two in the last two weeks that haven't been complete idiots. It's, it's not a complicated thing, honestly. Any idiot can skydive. It's, it's actually super simple. One of the things that I've come to realize recently, when you're in an extreme environment like that, you're going to jump out of the plane and you're going to do whatever comes naturally to you. Mm. So our job is to basically prevent things turning pear-shaped from yeah. your retardation. Mm. I like to call myself a uh, terminal velocity selfie engineer. More so than a skydive instructor, because everyone just wants Facebook photos and stuff like that, which is cool, but we really want to be there for the experience. How many jumps are you up to now? Um, I'm out to about 3,000. Johnny, I don't know and what you're Johnny, up to. what are you? 7,700. Oh, nice. And apparently, my passenger, my Chinese passenger today told me that it's a very lucky number, actually. I had 778. Was a very very lucky. What number. does that mean? I don't know. I did. It's just I didn't go further than that. Well, you're here tonight, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, things are going yeah. well. The fact that you're yeah. taking place in now. So, studios. Johnny, getting back to actually the sporting side of things, we I, we got told that you're actually a multiple Australian record holder. 
Yes, yes, I've done two. In, in skydiving, you can do flat flying, right, which is when you're belly to earth, or you can go vertical, right, yeah. when you're like head down to the planet. So I do a head lot of... Head down to the planet. They call, it, they call it free flying. So I do a lot of free flying. So I've been on two Aussie free fly records. I was on a Norwegian record, and I was part of a like training camp in Arizona for a big record there. And I've got like a tentative invite to the world record next Whoa. year. So fingers crossed I can So okay, you're head first towards the earth. Yeah. What is the record? What's the actual quantitative record? One the world record is one sixty four. So this so, is speed we're talking? No, no. no. Sixty four people oh, just falling two hundred and ninety, three hundred Ks an hour right. together as a group. Okay. Yeah, so, so, it's so these, the, these records you get, there's like five planes or six planes, yeah. okay? And everyone gets out at about 22,000 feet. We've all got oxygen on the way up to height. We get out, we build a huge formation, okay? And that formation has to be put on paper. It has to be approved by the judges, yep. the Guinness World Book of Record dudes and all that kind of stuff. We oh, I'm familiar job. with them. I'll bet you are. Being a world record holder myself. Oh, <laughs> yes. T- tell us, Beefy. <laughs> I don't think our uh, audience need to be he's reminded. Just in- he's just interrupting our guests to talk yeah, about yeah. himself for a moment, <laughs> if you can. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so carry on. Yes. Yeah, so you, you build this formation. You know, and it's, it's incredibly technical. You know, Flying head down is a lot tougher than flying belly to earth. And you've, you've got to have quite a lot of kind of experience skydiving to actually do it. And then you've got the whole thing of when you've built the thing, like 50, 60, 150 people, whatever it is, you then have to track off, okay, which is move away from the formation and open a parachute in a safe manner. So it's, it's very technical, you know, the, the oxygen fatigues, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when you build it, best feeling in the world. One of the things that is crazy about the skydiving caper is that uh, when Beef and I were doing the, the mental 365 trip and you tell people that you did this and they go, oh, that's just crazy. What was that like? And... The fact is, very quickly when you're doing it every day, insanity becomes normality. Yeah. And as much as what you guys do is, to most people, incredibly extreme, it's so familiar to you. Like, what do you? Is there still uh, some sort of buzz, some sort of adrenaline release when you do it, or is it just pure fun now? Are you relaxed? How do you feel? Yeah, man, it, it's a funny one. You know, I, I still get a huge buzz whether I'm jumping with a tandem or jumping with my own kind of sports stuff or records. I love it. You know, when that door opens, it's the same. You know, you, you're about to get out an aeroplane. It's a great thing. That, that's the part that scares me when I think about it. When I, I, I say you do the preparation, the training, you're up in the plane. This is for me, so I've not done this summer for years. Yeah. Just already established, but sitting when it, at the point where you're actually sitting on the edge of the plane, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's when reality the, that's gets the in. scariest point, right? You're yeah. on the edge of the plane, but the moment you go, it's incredible. And that that feeling of leaving a plane, there is nothing in the world that feels like it. You but know? I, I think there's a big difference between, say, the fear that Rob is talking about and the fear that we have. You know, the, totally, yeah. We, we don't really have a fear of leaving the plane. We've got an exhilaration of leaving the plane. The fear, for a lack of a better term, that we've got is more so of achieving what we want to achieve on that skydive and not messing that up. The same as right, a right, sports right. person on the field yeah. doesn't want to blow the... You don't want to have to go You've got the winning goal as Dan Carter, mm-hmm. all black, and you miss it. You don't want to be the guy in the World Cup final missing the goal, you know. Mm-hmm. The same as on a skydive when you're trying to do a formation or a particular thing. You don't want to be the guy that's blowing it. And so that's what goes through your head for us more so than the fear of leaving the aircraft. There is no fear of leaving the aircraft for us. It's a real exhilaration. Like the, the favorite part of the skydive for me is leaving the aircraft mm-hmm. because you're, you're stepping over that. Uh, All the rest is just admin. 
Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's right. A lot of paper yeah. signing and um, <laughs> you know, get, getting over the eight-hour rule from the night before. Yeah. I've got to get my PA to yeah. call my other PA. It's real downer uh, on the vibe, man. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to get crazy, and I got to deal with this paper, man. <laughs> People just call it falling, you know. But there's a there's a lot of technique with skydiving. There's a there's a real knack to it, right? Like it's not just sticking your arms out, sticking your legs up your ass and falling through the sky. You know, when you start talking about the free flying that Johnny's doing, you're doing 300 Ks an hour. You know, you're doing Formula One speed. Big actions get big reactions. So small micro movements actually, uh, you know, you could look to your left or right slightly and you'll start turning that way. It's that intricate, you know. There's, mm. a, there's a real dance to it. There's a real ballet. There's a real special element to it. So it's not just this extreme stuff. There's something about relaxing through pressure, which is really special, there I think, as well. And I think, uh, like the Formula One guys and, and some of these guys yeah. that have got like split seconds with response times and stuff, there's a lot of thinking that goes on in those real small periods of time. Time does stand still a little bit while you're doing this stuff because you're falling at a relative speed. You're falling side by side. Yeah. So it might look like we're not moving very much together. Mm. But if there was someone there just watching us go zoom past, it would look like mayhem. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's some real beauty to it. Yeah, I think you stopped. You're almost making me want to do it now. Oh, hello. You've got to come back it off. Yeah, that's it. it. This is these these late night talks that we had. And if you you do want to experience Rob (laughs) skydiving, there there will be a GoFundMe campaign for Rob to uh, get airborne. Yeah, kickstart my heart, we'll call it. Oh. Yeah, Motley Crew. Dan, I was going to say, though, yeah, being the Kiwi, sure. have you ever been to Murchison? Yes. You have? Yes. Well, we went to Murchison once. Today's March the 1st? It is, yeah. Yeah. And I if just we think, go back... One... I don't know if... I can't remember the date. Uh, we might, should have looked it up, but I'm um, just thinking that Bullerfest is on. Did you say you have been to Murchison? I've been everywhere in New Zealand. My parents took me everywhere before I'd I was allowed overseas. <laughs> Murchison. He's been to every prison yeah. in New yeah, Zealand. Yeah. This time last year, we were in Murchison in New Zealand. Well, Bullerfest is Bullerfest. on this weekend. Me and Rob went to Murchison mm-hmm. that nobody else in New Zealand, apart from Dan Toll, has been, unless you're a kayaker or rafter. What's the, what's your everlasting memory of Bullerfest? That annoying girl <laughs> on the common... Oh, I wanted to slap her. They had a classic <laughs> New Zealand twat. Trying to, you know, someone who couldn't talk properly. She's got that really strong... You know how the really, really strong New Zealand accent? Yeah. They can't. They sound like a simpleton. Yes. You know that. That's basically the whole flight of the Concord's comedy is based on the fact that we can't talk properly. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's what this woman was like. But she's trying to crack gags like she's she's the witty one. It's like doesn't matter what you say, my dear. You sound like a complete muppet. <laughs> and, so and, thanks, and Mum, to, for <laughs> commentating the Bullerfest. We had to listen to her for hours. Yeah. Oh, I want to, like shut your mouth. It was Bullerfest yeah. 2016, 25 years of rocking the river, or, and we heard that how many times? I don't know. In well, a really annoying voice. It was eight she, times. She sounds like a New Zealand provincial. Radio oh yeah, DJ. she exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well <laughs> So well, yeah. This will wrap uh, it up. So, uh, what's coming up next week? What have we got? We got uh, we got Francis from the Resignators coming. Well, I hope so. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. So we're we're back to music side yeah, of things. We'll, of sport. Have, uh, we'll take a little moment now to thank uh, Johnny and Danny. From yes, Mars, thanks for Australia. coming and joining us. Thanks for having us, guys. And thanks Great for being... to be here. Thanks, gents. Thanks, thanks for, thanks, thanks for the beer, beefy. No oh, problem, man. <laughs> Three six five days of sport. We'll see you next week. It is 